Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. It's kind of weird, this is how we start now because of the intro, which just seems a little unnatural. We just pick up what, like, you know, we've just been doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, oh, you know. Just, uh, we, we now join our show already in progress. <laughs> yes, already in progress. <laughs> already in progress. Hey, blah, blah, blah. We're just picking up where we left off. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm liking it. It's uh, like I, like I was telling you when I was putting it together, it's just funny how how it started off uh, low, but it's because of how I record. Voice always comes comes in too loud sometimes, you know, a lot of times. So I was trying to restrain myself, and then in doing so, made it almost too low. But it's all right. I'm yeah. Enjoying. Cool. Uh. Unlike, unlike the song, song WAP, we've got WIP. WIP. <laughs> yep, work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> Not near as sexy. <laughs> Ugh, mercy. How's it going? It's going all right. It's, yeah. a little, you know, it's Monday. Another start to another week. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is cool. I like cool weather. Me and heat don't get along well. As long as it's not like freezing, cool. But um, you know, it's the week of Thanksgiving, a couple of days that. away. Yep. Yep, indeed it is. It, uh, we originally had plans to go out of town, but obviously we've since decided that's probably not the best idea. Um, we decided to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. So we are staying at the house. Um, but we are going to do a family Zoom, um, play games, trivia. Yeah. I'm like loaded up on trivia games now for kids and for adults. I've even got now two different movie trivias, which I think we might should try sometime. Um, okay. So maybe a Sunday night or maybe even Saturday night. If we're not doing anything. Um, just see who all wants to who all wants to join us. We'll put a link up and. You know, go, go from go there. From there, yeah. Go from there. Right. I don't know. Maybe I can. Uh, maybe I can talk. Maybe I could talk Ruth into creating a prize or something. Something small or whatever. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But you know, uh, it's gonna be fun. I know. I know that my kids are looking forward to it, and I think my brother and his kids are too. <clears throat> and I know my mom. I, I know my mom is because that's. It's hard because it's you know it's our first Thanksgiving without my grandfather. Right. Um, we're worried <clears throat> that it might be our last one with my grandmother just because of her age, not because of her health or anything. Yeah. Um, but we're hoping, fingers crossed, um, you know, and so obviously we want to stay. We don't want to visit because we're, we don't want to get them sick, you know, and right. potentially, you know, just through the drive and stopping in gas stations and food places uh, along the way that either, uh, Either, you know, we or my brother and his family coming from Pennsylvania, um, you know, we don't want to risk anybody getting, you know, getting sick. So we're, we're just going to do it this way, you know, make do. I'll come to yeah. work now. My two, two of my days that I was originally scheduled off for work, I'm going to come in and definitely work on the holiday, get that holiday pay. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it's, a, it's a nice perk. Yeah, I was like, you know, I'm totally going to work the holiday if we're going to be at the house. I said, because we can always eat later. You know, that's right. the thing about Thanksgiving. It could be at lunch, it could be at dinner. Right. Either way. <laughs> York's going to be with his mom during the day. <clears throat> I invited her and her boyfriend over, you know, to join us if they wanted to. Yeah. So, um, we'll see. But yeah, uh, other than that, uh, <clears throat> kids are doing good and. Nothing too exciting, um, other than shoot, I need to add that on here. Shame on me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, uh, family movie night. We did Jingle Jangle. I went ahead and wild Christmas movies to begin because I didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> uh, basically, it was like, no, we're watching this. I'm like, oh, all right. Because I, I kid you not, so I, I, uh, I was trying to find either Shanghai Noon. Or Lightning Jack with uh, okay. Paul Hogan and Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. Um, two of my grandfather's favorite movies, to be honest. He actually really enjoyed those. So I uh, I can't find it anywhere. It's not on any of the streaming. It's not. Uh, and I know we don't own it. So I'm like, oh, crap. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Just wait, you know. And they'll eventually come to streaming. If not, I'm sure the library has it. And I can probably reserve it and do a, a pickup at the library. True. Um, True. So I thought those would be great for the kids to watch because they're pretty funny and, you know, appropriate, I guess. Uh, we're just like, no, we're watching Jingle Jangle. All right. You have a suggestion. We're definitely going to do it then. Cause yeah. Every, you know, she usually doesn't have a have one. She's kind of like, all right. So we watched it. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk about it later. Now that I remember that I need to talk about. Right. Otherwise, um, I'm working my way through Alex Gibney's documentaries. Uh, he had a new one come out, and uh, it was really good. Crazy, not insane on HBO. Um, HBO Max. Uh, and then there was another one. Oh, Park Avenue. That one pissed me off. <laughs> really? Yeah, because it's about wealth inequality and and all that. So it's fun. A fun yeah. watch, just a fun watch. Period is what it is, but yeah, but it was done very well. Anyways, I'll talk about it. We're gonna, I'm gonna have to just have like a specific episode where I just talk about all the ones I've watched because I think I'm up to twelve now of his that I've watched. And there's a total of what? Fifty-four or fifty-six. That's a lot. Yeah, I still, I still got like four in my Amazon Prime queue. Wow, <laughs> a lot of them are music ones, and I'm not a huge music documentary person. Yeah, um, not really my thing, but I'm still gonna watch them. It's just it's gonna be lower on the priority of what I watch. So, uh, anyways, shall we get into it? Yeah, I guess we should rock and roll. We should, man. Uh, oh, wait, this is your week to start. Plus, we also have one we both watched together. I guess not together. We both watched this week separately. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because when I saw you post, I'm like, well, let me go ahead and watch this. <laughs> I got it on Redbox's 18th uh, birthday anniversary, so I got it for, I think, 64 cents. It was like $1.18 off my off my purchase or awesome. off my rental, so I spent like 64 cents. Adequate not bad. <laughs> yep, adequate amount. Yeah. <laughs> so... 
I'm going to talk about first uh, a guilty pleasure movie that I watched last night. <laughs> okay. One I've also seen, but not what I was talking about. <clears throat> um, I figured we'd talk about that as we segue to. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, it's a February 5th, 1999 movie, Simply Irresistible. Yes. Um, I'd watched this. I don't know if it was on cable or if they showed it on TV. And I just was flipping through, saw it, watched it, and actually liked it. Um, then I watched it last night just to see, okay, do I still feel the same? And yeah, I still still enjoy it. Um, like when it got towards the end, I think it kind of, I guess, flustered a little bit at the end for me. Yeah. Compared to when I first watched it, but um, overall, it's just you know one of those movies put on, have fun with. Um, let's see, it's an uh, hour and 36 minutes. The director's Mark Tarloff. It did have a budget of $6 million and brought back $4.4 million. And the main stars are Sarah Michelle Gellar as Amanda Shelton and uh, Sean Patrick Flannery as Tom Bartlett. And um, I kept thinking, like, I, I knew I've seen him in something else. And the last thing that I remember seeing him in was uh, Boondot Sings. Yeah. Yeah. He's been yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, Amanda Shelton has taken over the family restaurant after a recent passing of her mother, and business isn't going so well. You know, they're on the verge of losing, having to close shop because the landlord decides to up the pay, up the the uh, rent. And um, so she does have like three customers that comes in regularly, I guess, just to keep the morale up or what whatnot. Um, but her cooking isn't the best, but on a chance meeting at, at a, a food market, she's going to buy a, buck, a, a basket of crab, which is magical. Cool. And because of this crab, she's now got these amazing cooking abilities to where, depending on her mood, when people eat her food, that's the mood that they're in. And um, I, I like, I like, like, I like food so i think that's why i mostly enjoyed the movie <laughs> just the food concept but then also you know like when you get food that looks good but tastes bad you know after watching this i start thinking were they in a bad mood when they cooked this or not did they really cook it with love you yeah. know but um so i noticed like when i like i don't cook as much as i used to but when i did you know people loved food not like i liked cooking what i was cooking so i think maybe you know, my emotions went into it, so that's why it was extra good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Maybe. Um, I mean, that's Ruth, that's Ruth's favorite thing. That's a, she says that's how she shows love, is yeah, yeah. cooking. So, yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Go, I mean, you're not hurting my feelings by doing it, so, because. Yeah. And, and that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. So, she meets uh, Tom, who, ironically enough, is starting, is, is opening up a restaurant inside his um place of business it's like um clothing and perfume yeah, all that but he wants to combine that with um dining option and um were you about to say something yeah i just because i'm like that just if you think about i mean just think about that for a second you're wanting to combine a department store essentially yeah with a restaurant which means the clothing you're trying to sell it's going to wind up smelling like food. That's true. <laughs> just, 
That's true. Yeah, because the last thing you want to do is, like, let's say, salmon. They're cooking yeah. salmon, and you go home, and your food, your, your clothes smell like, like, yeah, you don't like salmon. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to be mad. Yeah. I'm just saying, I mean, you should be washing your clothes before you wear them anyways. But true. still, beside That's the point. That's true. That's true. All right. Sorry. Continue. That, that, I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> I thought through very well. But, um, but yeah, she meets him. He's currently got a girlfriend who's wanting to break up with. He's got this theory that after the third date, things just kind of fall off. Even his assistant's like, you know, maybe it's something that you're doing or not doing that's affecting this. And he's like, no, 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 let's not even go there, basically. You know, right. he's not one to consider that he might be the problem. <laughs> um. But, you know, he happens upon, upon her restaurant, and because of this magical crab, she's able to make this um, was it, uh, crab Napoleon, <laughs> something that she's never yeah. made before. But, you know, because of the help of the crab, she just automatically, mysteriously is able to make it. And once he eats it, he's just completely in love with the food and also her. <laughs> yeah. And then when... Um, his girlfriend eats it. She just pretty much has this revelation of like, you know, I'm too good to be with you. And she ultimately breaks up with him, which kind of throws him off. Like I was, you know, he's supposed to break up with her, but she doesn't. Right. And, um, but from there, you know, have different chance meetings, um, even to the point where they meet up, she cooks for him and they kiss, but then they start floating in the air and he gets freaked out by that. Cause he's like, this is not normal. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Um, and then, you know, he has his restaurant. The original chef quits because of the knife. The cutlery is not to his liking. So yeah. he just automatically quits. And his boss at, uh, suggests that he hire her because, you know, the food is amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah, from from there, you know, it's, it's, just, it's a cute movie. Cute. It is. That's all it is. Uh, it's not. Comedy. Yeah. You cannot take this movie seriously. No. You no. It's Not just, at all. You're doing yourself a disfavor, a disservice. Sorry, doing yourself a disservice if you try and take this movie in any kind, in any kind of seriously, or even trying to use invoke any sort of logic, because that's right. not what this movie is. No, it's just uh, just fun. <laughs> so the uh, the movie was the screen. The person that wrote the script is the wife of the director. Okay. So All Judy right. Roberts is the wife of the director. Uh, this is it was originally titled Vanilla Fog. I think Simply Irresistible is probably better. Yeah. Um, uh, which Vanilla Fog would have come out before Vanilla Sky. Actually, same year. Because I think they both came out in '99. Oh, cool, cool, cool setup of movies. Uh, Vanilla Fog, Vanilla Sky. Mm. Totally I, unrelated. I together. Oh my god. <laughs> It's the club nobody wants. Yeah. Um, I so I, I had I was a huge Buffy fan. Um, I know what you did last summer. Still one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah. And it's currently on Prime, so I'm excited that I get to you know watch it again. Just, yeah. Um, but it. Uh, <clears throat> so of course. You know, a huge Sarah Michelle Geller fan. Any of my friends growing up will gladly tell you. Um, so <laughs> it, uh, so when I've watched, I went and saw this in theater. I even had the poster. I also had the soundtrack on CD. 
which is probably somewhere in my house. I actually enjoyed the soundtrack. <laughs> like it's not even a bad, uh, not even a bad soundtrack. It's, I mean, like again, it's fun. You can't take it seriously. Is it a, is it like a great movie? No, but it's fun. Yeah. It, especially during you know, it's perfect for this time of year because all these Hallmark movies. That's what all they are. They're they're vo- they're devoid of anything other than just to kind of wash over you. That's all yeah. they're there for, and just kind of give you oh feeling. That's what this movie is too. Um, <laughs> this was Gene Siskel's last movie that he reviewed before he passed away. <laughs> oh, and he gave it a thumbs. Wow. Down. So we're gave not it a thumbs down. Yeah. Wow. He's not trying to say that. Of course, by saying that, that's not saying that that's what caused his death. Because um, I believe he did die from die from cancer. I know Ebert did. I, I think so. I feel like that was the thing. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Sarah Michelle Keller stated that it's her least favorite movie that she's been in. And she's been in two Scooby-Doo movies. That should tell you something. Wow. It's not bad. <laughs> I mean, she'd rather be with a. Sure about it. CG, kind of. She'd rather be in a C, with a CGI dog instead of a CGI crab. That does, and the crab is basically on the sideline, just pops in when needed, and you know, just yeah. chills on I the mean, side. He's he's a low key ratatouille. Yeah. So exactly. That's it. Low <laughs> um, Yeah, I guess they shot this in a real department store. And uh, they had to shoot it after closing, so not to interrupt the actual the way the store was run. Yeah. So they shot through the night, and then uh, by the time the store opened in the morning, there was like no there was no signs that a production had been going on. At their wow, store. that's that that you know that's not easy to do. Mm-mm. Not at all, especially all the equipment they have to set up for everything. Yeah, yeah. But it just said several scenes. It didn't say like how many. But still, still, that's that's, that's uh, time consuming. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's a super cute movie. It's yeah. definitely if you have a tween, you definitely should show them this movie if you can, you know, if you can find it, because they'll they'll like it. Yeah. It's definitely one for tweens or for people that enjoy that enjoy uh, Hallmark movies, especially Hallmark Christmas movies. Even though this one does not take place in Christmas, but no. yes, no, I. And like you, uh, for me, this is a guilty pleasure, too. I haven't watched it forever. I know Ruth likes it, too. And yeah. uh, they've also uh, covered this movie on how this get made. So that's a good episode to listen to. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it was it was good going back <laughs> and watching it. Because I, I was curious. Like, well, I still feel the same about it, you know, almost 20 years later. Yep. And I think we yep. should start doing that. We should find a, a guilty pleasure of ours that we've that we've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, we thought it was like the bee's knees, which I know that makes me sound old um, using that term. But, you know, when we really liked when we were younger and see see if it still, still holds. holds up. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if not, you just go, wow. All right. So I, I've oh. got I've already got one for next week. I've already got OK. Week. All right. So moving on to the next one, uh, I watched Greenland. Or as you called it, what, Geostorm 2? Geostorm 2? <laughs> um, it's a two-hour-long movie. The uh, director is Rick Roman Waugh. And it, it released in Belgium. So the budget is $35 million, And 
so far the box office is 38.1 million so and then there's supposed to be a it's, it's confusing because when i was watching the movie it started off with the amazon original logo like it's gonna be on amazon prime but then it's supposed to be released december 18th on hbo max so i don't know if amazon has lost the rights or what but unsure hmm. but it stars gerard butler uh marina Baccarin, <clears throat> roger dale floyd uh scott glenn david denman and hope davis and it's basically a story of a family who fights for survival as a comet races towards Earth. Uh, originally, it was thought to burn up in the Earth's atmosphere, but it proves to be more deadly. It, it, it appears to have a more deadly outcome with its impact. <clears throat> uh, so John Garrity is a Scottish structural engineer, basically works in construction. And he lives with his estranged wife, Allison, and their son, who is diabetic. And him and Allison, they have a, I guess they, they, they have a lot of marital issues to the point where they don't even sleep in the same room at the start of this movie. Um, but, but they're coming together to prepare for a party that they're hosting with the neighbors to watch the passing of the comet named Clark. And <clears throat> so. A comet named Clark? Yeah. That's what they call it. Clark. 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 Like Clark okay. Kent. Clark. Yeah. Griswold. I don't know <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, so he has to make a store run to get some extra items. And while there, he, released, he gets this presidential emergency notification saying that him and his family has been chosen for an emergency shelter. And they have to come to a to the airport to go to be flown to this undisclosed location for for a, a bunker. So he, he receives it there. <clears throat> then when he gets back home with the neighbors, he receives it again. And so he's trying to be private with it on his phone, but apparently he has a smart TV and it shows there also. So all of his neighbors sees that he's been chosen for this special shelter, but nobody else has received this notification. And they kind of freak out, like, why is he the only one getting it? Chosen yeah. one! <laughs> so, <laughs> so, of course, you know, it's, it's it's slight tension, but they don't really stick to that too long. But, um, while they're watching the comic, um, a piece of it comes in the atmosphere and it lands. And for a while, there's like no real impact. But then, Not boom. Even the deep one? No. <laughs> um, I get that reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, so apparently, it lands in Tampa, Florida, but the impact of oh. it, the forces of it, is felt many miles away because they live in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. John goes to stand outside, as you see in the trailer. Next thing you know, he's being blown back by the force of this impact. And then from there, now they're on this race to get to this airport so they can get on this plane and go to this secret location that they're not disclosing. Because, you know, if you do, then everybody's going to try to go there. And um, <clears throat> so along the way, they encounter the best and the worst of humanity. Uh, you have writings that take place even to a point where they get separated and it's 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 a good i guess palate cleanser to the north the news today with all this COVID 19 yeah. talk yeah. you know let's, let's deal with the comet <laughs> it just seems yeah. more <laughs> could deal with that but so, um i thought of an amazing joke yeah you'll get this reference to 
hey, Clark, where are you going to put that comet? Bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, man. But, um, but not to talk too much about it, but, you know, you can kind of see where it's going to ultimately end up if you've seen a movie like Deep Impact. And, um, but it's, 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 it's enjoyable. It's, um, it's very intense scenes in this and it's just crazy. It just shows you how desperate some people are Yeah. when these type of situations come about. Um, it didn't feel like two hours. It seemed to oh, kind of really, really, for me at least, it just seemed to go by pretty moved fast. On, moved along pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> not, I mean, there's a cute few moments where they kind of slow down to kind of have, you know, take a breather on things, but um, overall... It was an enjoyable movie. It's hard. It's really kind of hard to talk about that without spoiling much. So okay. Oh hey. So is, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So I just looked it up. So the uh, Earth. So the asteroid Clark um, mm-hmm. was named after, or it said undoubtedly named after Arthur C. Clark, Clark with an E at the end, yeah. uh, who set up the plot for his 1973 novel Rendezvous with Rama. Uh, by describing an asteroid strike in 2077, which destroys m- uh, much of northern Italy. So, that's where that... Uh, that's where the name came from? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And uh, apparently Chris Evans was initially uh, attached to play the role. Hmm. That would have been, been kind of interesting. Yeah. But but in this uh, Gerard Butler, he kind of looks like Joel from um, The Last of Us. at certain parts. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. And then I come across this movie last yesterday on Amazon Prime. Uh, apparently, there's a series of movies that's going to be coming out starting this past Friday through December 18th called Small Axe. Oh yeah, yeah. By, yeah. By Stephen from, Queen. Yeah, Stephen yeah. Queen. Yeah, the um, dead actor. Um, so like basically they call them episodes, but they're basically full length movies each episode. And <clears throat> the first one is called uh, Mangrave or Mangrove. And um, again, directed by Steve McQueen, it stars Sean Parks, Letitia Wright, uh, Malachi Kirby, Roshinda Sandel. And Nathaniel Markel, Martello White, uh, Richie Campbell, <clears throat> uh, Jermaine Hunter. They're basically they're playing the uh, Mangrove Nine. And what happened? This was a story of the Mangrove Nine who um, clashed with London police in 1970, and the trial that followed was the first judicial acknowledgement of behavior motivated by racial hatred within the Metropolitan Police. <clears throat> so the uh, Mangrove Restaurant provides like a spicy Caribbean cuisine for people who like that style of food. Yeah. But also it became a lively community base for the locals, intellectuals, and activists. But um, the local police would raid time after time always claiming that there's some kind of drug activity going on, but it, with each raid, they never find anything. And it got to the point where, you know, 
that the community wanted to protest because they're they're pretty much tired of the harassment. And during the protest, it was supposed to be peaceful. Things turned violent. And you had nine men and women who were arrested and wrongly accused and wrongly charged with um, incitement to riot. And so it's two, two women and seven men. And this basically follows their court hearing following all these events. <clears throat> and um, I'm not sure what the remaining four movies will be, but this, this I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really aware that Lyndon had these kind of issues. And so it's kind of a good little open eye opener that, you know, you know, of course we know it's not just America that deals with racial yeah. issues, but you know, London, you know, you don't, you don't think about that. <laughs> or at least not, I didn't. Not too much. Yeah. And, um, so two, two of the people were represented by lawyers while the arrest decided to represent themselves. And through the court hearings, you know, they were able to uncover how the police were kind of, were, you know, they were harassing, they were basing all of their actions just because, you know, this is a town majority, you know, the community is yeah. black. Yeah. And, you know, this basically started showing cracks in the seams of their cover up. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But I, I really, I don't want to say enjoyed it because I don't know if this wasn't really something to enjoy, but I liked learning something that I didn't know about. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm ready for the next one. I think the next one comes out this Friday, so I'm gonna try to watch watch each one and okay. talk about them. But the, all the performances were great. The only thing I had an issue with a little bit was Letitia Wright's voice. She seemed kind of pitchy. But I, don't, I don't know. That might that might have been intentional for yeah, the character. Fair. Yeah. So, uh, but over time, it kind of got got used to it, <clears throat> so it wasn't so bad. And then our last movie is the movie that we finally got to finally got to watch after uh, <laughs> three years of it supposed, supposed to come out in 2018. And then the original trailer first came out, what, 2017, the teaser. And I, bro, I've lost count. <laughs> and then I've heard I've, I, was, I was reading reviews and people comments said, you know, if you piece together all these trailers, you pretty much have the whole movie. Just about. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, it just got to the point where it's like each trailer would show something more. It's like, okay, you're getting to the territory of saying too much. Yeah, the first trailer is still the best. Yeah, because it doesn't, you know, doesn't tell you it, much. It keeps you in no. mystery. It makes it more of a horror movie. Right. It gives the which look of a horror movie, and it actually had everybody it had me excited. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like oh, I like, I, I okay. I, I can see where this is going. I, I'll probably be, you know, I'm excited for this one. And then more time pass before <clears throat> you see. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, you know, your 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 mm. excitement and anticipation just drops each time. Yeah. But um, it did finally come out August 28th, 2020. The movie's only an hour and 34 minutes. Uh, the director's Josh Boone. <clears throat> had a budget of $67 million and gross brought in $45.9 million. Yeah, I guess that's better than you would expect. Yeah. Better than just being shelved, I guess. <laughs> true. true. Uh, stars uh, Macy Williams, which we know from Game of Thrones. Yep. 
um, Anaya Taylor, Anaya Taylor Joy, Charlie Heaton from Stranger Things, uh, Alice Braga, Blue Hunt, Henry Zaga, and Adam Beach. So basically, (laughs) very brief. Yeah. Um, More of a cameo than anything. True. They might as well just have that be a flashback, his scene, <laughs> or whatever. Um, but it follows five teens having just discovered their mutant abilities, and they're being held in this secret facility to learn how to control these new powers. But then over time, uh, another secret is discovered in the process of this. Um, the intro, I, 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 I don't know. The intro to the movie just was real. It was bad. Like the acting, the CGI, all of that. It was just... I was laughing because, you know, you had Adam Beach with who plays uh, William Lone Star, who's the father of um, Lone Star. That's all I could think of. <laughs> uh, Blue Hunt's character. He's the father of Blue Hunt's character, Danny uh, Moonstar. <laughs> so but uh, it's just it wasn't believable. It's just like we're just doing a demo scene and then they decided oh, we'll, we'll keep it. We don't want to. We don't want to redo it. Make it more, more dramatic. Um, but even with that said, like overall, it was it was better than I was expecting, which is not saying much because it's not it's yeah. not it's not great. But um, like you said, it's more of like a teenager teenage for yep. teen movie. Yeah. So you know, when I posted the other day, the New Mutants is, and then finish the sentence. Yeah. I had two thoughts. Is first one uh, first one was is not for me. <clears throat> first one, and then the second one is the new mutants is, and I said for tweens. That's like, yeah, this is a movie that tweens that would find this movie kind of maybe a little bit scary, yeah. and would enjoy it more than two forty year old men would. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I think. That has a lot to do, especially two four-year-old men that know the history of how long it's been delayed and how ridiculous it is. That are fan tweens that are fans of of uh, Maisie Williams and Charlie, what's his name from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, that are fans <laughs> of them will watch this movie just like you and I watching Simply Irresistible. Right. See what I mean? Yeah. Because um, I would have not seen Simply Irresistible. I would have been less inclined to have gone see Simply Irresistible if I was not already a fan of Sarah Michelle Geller. Right. I think the same thing could be said about people that, you know, twins that watch this movie and end up actually really liking it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not for me. It's not for us. I mean, it's... I mean, I also, even with its problems, like, the first hour I thought was okay, but yeah. the last 30 minutes, it just lost everything that it built up. <laughs> Cause that final scene, that I mean, the final battle scene was just. I was like, just come fizzled. on. It fizzled like a bottle rocket. Yes. I guess um, bottle rockets don't fizzle; they pop. But you know what I mean. But I will say, for the most part, I knew of the characters that they were playing. Because yeah. when they were had their little AA style meeting, where they were in a circle and introducing each other, like I knew like the comic counterparts, you know. Rain is better than me. I didn't. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so I'm like I don't know. I don't only, know all that shit up. I didn't know yeah. anything. I only had to look up Danny, 
Um, her her mutant name is Mirage. That's the only one I didn't really know much about. But Rain is Wolfsbane, who has the ability to turn to a wolf or at least half human, half wolf ability. And so that I mean that's pretty accurate to a to a degree. And then um, <clears throat> Anaya Taylor plays Ileana, aka Magic, who is also um, the sister of Colossus, which I'm surprised they didn't make a reference to, since you know you got Deadpool. That'd been a cool, you know, like, hey, yeah, because I didn't. This is this is a good this is a good little tie-in. Uh, then uh, Charlie plays Sam Sam Guthrie, who plays uh, Cannonball, and um, I mean, it, from what I could tell, they got his powers somewhat accurate. At least you know he can fly for. I didn't really explain his power, but he can't. <laughs> yeah, and then um, uh, Henry Zaga plays uh, Roberto, uh, aka Sunspot, and. You know, I mean, they didn't really explain everybody's powers into detail, which while well, I kind of made the joke that it needed more time in the oven, more mostly just to kind of flesh out the characters a little bit more, just to give a little more history. And then I was like, you know, it probably would have been good as a TV series where, like, yeah. the first season could have been, we have this introduction to this place where these people, these kids are taking that have these abilities, and then each episode would be like, the origin for each character that by the time they get to the end of the um, season, we start seeing how one of the characters affects the others with their ability to bring fears to life. And then yeah. the next season could deep dig deep into everybody's abilities and uncover this dark they, secret that this doctor has, you know, they totally could have made it. Yeah, exactly. They, they, it would have been better off as a series. They could have essentially done a, Basically, X Men version of American Horror Story, essentially. Yeah. Just yeah. put them in different places. Hell, even have different, you know, have different new mutants. Because just like, just like Avengers and X Men, the roster always changes. So each season could have a different roster of people. Maybe yeah. keep one person. True, because I mean, members of the New Mutants, as far as the comic books go, some of them were X Men at one point or yeah. X Factor. You know, they. They always jump yeah. around, <laughs> but yeah, it just, it's, it's just showing that it's good that these rights went back to Marvel, and so hopefully they can do right by these characters. Yeah. Josh Boone admitted that he felt, found shooting to be stressful as he felt, quote, a bit nerve neutered, end quote, because he, he had to tone down the film from his original, quote, full horror mm -hmm. ideas. So. I guess Fox got involved. I, I, <laughs> or Disney at that point. But I, I was reading, you know, they, they brought him back to do reshoots, but ultimately they finished it, but they didn't do any reshoots. So I think what we saw is what was shot. I'd, I'd like to see a more fleshed out, ver you know, vision yeah. of this. Let's see his original get, vision. Let's, let's get a Josh Boone reboot. <laughs> let's get a new mutant reboot. Yeah. Like we got, we got Zack Snyder can do his. Yep. Come on. Can do his. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then they can just drop it on Disney Plus, just like uh, just like he's doing with the with HBO Max. So. Yeah, they even had a, they didn't have showed flashes of scenes from Logan because um, I remember the scene where um, who X twenty three where they had the all the kids and they were trying to force them to use their abilities and whatnot. They had like little flashes in there from that movie. I'm like, okay, you're trying to tie into Logan, all right, but. but there's, I don't, I don't, I still dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah. Well, and 
when you could tell like they wanted it to be made, but they really kind of didn't by yeah. the pushbacks, by the reshoots or lack thereof or whichever. It suffered. You know, that just suffers. That makes the film suffer when you could tell they're really not a whole lot of backing. But at the same time, they're like, well, we got to release it because we spent this much on it. Mm-hmm. So we need to try and get some sort of return back on it. Yeah. It, it's crazy. But, I think if it yeah, came I, out in the 90s, it probably would have fared better. <laughs> yeah, I agreed. Because um, they really didn't have a whole lot of superhero movies in the 90s. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Hell, that's 99. Two, no, that's 2002. I take that back. Yeah, I guess it was just Batman and Superman at that point. I hadn't been any Marvel movies yet. <laughs> or Fox movies oh. for Versus Tony. Actually. I think Blade came out like late 90s, right? Or was it early 2000? That I think it was late 90s. That's true. That yeah, might have Yeah. Also. Um, but yeah, but still, it, it just, that would have been a better time, like late 90s, early 2000s. It would have fit better. So once Maybe. again, I'm not saying that this killed Stan Lee. <laughs> But it's the last Marvel film to be released with Stanley as an executive producer. Dang, all these connections. Yeah, I'm not saying it killed him. However. It's the last project his name was connected to. However, I'm sure his, I'm sure there's probably somewhere that I'm picturing his fist going through, going through the casket and six feet of ground. And all you see is a fist shaking into the sky. On you. Losing money. Or like that meme where he's looking down. Don't make me come down there. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. What do I need to do? Have a goat? Do a cameo as a goat? Yeah. Oh man. That's all I got. Okay. Yeah. So. And like you, I I wanted to give this movie a shot. I'm like, you know what? There are some decent elements. Some interesting. They try to do something with the shots. And you know. With the technical aspect to make up for. Because the script, the script was kind of trash, and you know that that the one or two scenes with Adam Beach, those could have been flashbacks. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all all it is is just editing. Right. Um, but yeah, it it didn't help. Um, I had like you, I had some issues with it. It it was a good concept, you know. It's just the follow through. Then, but that's not. I don't blame that on the directors. I could totally see. Fox jumping in, and that's their. That was their. Uh, they're doing. They got. I think he probably got noted to death on, on things, and, you know, that's not. Sometimes you just you know, directors don't have a choice, you know, on on how things run. That's and, true. Yeah. <clears throat> it's either do what we say or you're fired. <laughs> pretty much, or we'll get somebody who will, and yeah. that never benefits anybody, and that just really. That and that's unfortunate, but I really, I don't know. I really think uh, I really think this could have been better. I mean, obviously it could have been better. I think that it was, you know, probably noted to holy hell. But I also think the some of the characters were just flat. Yeah, there's there's it's, no nothing. They could have been like. What, uh, Magic was about the only one, the one that played her. I think she was about the only one that showed any kind of, I don't know, just exuberant. You know, her, like her character's personality really came through, whereas everybody yeah. else sound, seemed like they'd all 
you know, all the actors had actually been sedated <laughs> during filming. <laughs> They're just so just flat and just like nobody wanted to be there, which yeah. from what I could kind of see, no one really wanted to be there. Um, I mean, it, I, it, it was better than Dark Phoenix. I get yeah, it that. I, <laughs> Even Apocalypse. Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, it, it, there's it, worse it, things, but it, I just, I wanted more from it actually, you know, yeah. obviously. And yeah, I wanted them to go a little bit deeper. I would have settled for it being another 20 or 30 minutes longer just to have more development, to have something, right. go, you know, have them actually leave the asylum at some point, you know? Because there was like no real, there was really no main character. Everybody no. was just kind of sharing the role. Yeah, I mean, it was of, an ensemble cast, but it still needed something. And there was yeah. no real, there was a villain, but there was real no set in stone villain. No. They, they kind of hit it, you know, they had the ex Essex Corporation, yeah. which is Mr. Sinister, but of course, we'll, we'll never know nothing about anything about that. Right. It'll be a while before they right. even probably include him. But um, just missed opportunity to yep, at, least, at least go out with some kind of decency. You know, like, okay, Fox, <laughs> you had something here, but... <laughs> But the mouse came in and saved the day, I guess. Uh-huh. We'll take it from here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take that money. <laughs> oh, wow. You uh, really screwed the pooch on this one. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll get it. Um, I'm like, Sony, let this be a lesson. I know, right? <laughs> You're next if you don't watch it. Um, <laughs> Lord help us. All right. But if you do have a tween, they'll probably like it. So, yeah. you know, definitely... If you're wanting to watch it, Redbox is definitely the way to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I mean, even or, even if I would have paid full price, I would have been okay paying the full, you know, dollar or whatever for yeah. Redbox. But, you know, I was perfectly fine writing it for 64 cents and having it returned the next day. <laughs> I was like, boom. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, the first hour... I was on board with it. I was giving it a chance, and it just yeah. fell flat last 30. Yeah, no, it did. So, so I was like, ah. like there are some things I liked about it, but not enough for me to be like, yeah. Recommending it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, to, not, to any, not to any grown adult that would find it entertaining. Yeah. Again, tweens will like it. Even some teens may even enjoy it, too, just as, some, just as something different from a, you know, for a superhero, you know, from a comic book movie. Right. So, you know, if you wanted to see how it's different, yeah, go check it out. Go Redbox it by all means. If you love it, please let us know. We'd like to we'd like to hear from those that actually enjoyed it and why. We definitely want to know why. <laughs> um But yeah, no, I I I uh I always recommend people to please let us know what your thoughts on movies and definitely definitely yeah. ones that we you know may disagree on. All right, so I've got a couple to talk about. Um, I'll save our family movie night one for the last because I have it what listed as the last one on here. Um, sorry. So yeah, so the I follow the AFI because you know I'm bougie like that. <laughs> I follow them on on Instagram and they like doing the little trivia things like I try and do it from time to time. And that's kind of where I got the idea, but instead of doing the ones that they want to do, I want to do my own because movies I like and um, and stuff. So I 
so for me, what I did was uh, they'd listed one called Sound of My Voice that I that I'd shared on our on our feed. And I, I was like, I feel like I've seen this movie, but I honestly cannot remember if I have seen this movie. Right. <laughs> it's from it's from 2011. And I've seen a few movies since 2011. Um, and it was really bugging me on whether or not I'd seen this movie. But I'm like, I don't I know I didn't see it in theater and may have rented it. And if I did. I don't remember when I rented it. So um, I was luckily I was able to find it on HBO Max, I think, has it. So I uh, checked it out there, rewatched, either watched it and or rewatched it because <laughs> I don't remember if I've seen it. Yeah. Um, so the sound of my voice is from 2011, an hour and 27 minutes long. So a nice, you know, fairly short movie. Uh, the summary says that it's about two documentary filmmakers that attempt to penetrate a cult who worships a woman who claims to be from the future. So the main, I guess, star, I guess, is Britt Marling. Have you ever watched a show on Net- on Netflix called The OA? This movie was, you could say, was kind of the stepping stone. Of that movie, mm-hmm. so it um, so the OA uh, basically has a lot of similarities about a person that claims to be from the future that doesn't remember much, and she essentially starts a cult. So basically, it's this movie. <laughs> um, it's just it turned. They took the movie and turned it into a TV series and retitled it. Okay. Or less. Um, I I've. I watched all of the first season of the OA and I think a couple episodes of the second season, but I haven't, I don't know why I haven't finished it. I thought about that the other night when I was watching this movie. It's like, oh yeah, I need to go back and finish this. So, uh, it's, I'm going to butcher the director's name. So, here we go. Zal Batmanglish. Batmanglish. I think I got it. B-A-T-M-A-N-G-L-I-J. Sounds good to me. Yep. Um, it also stars Christopher Den- Denham and Nicole Vicious. Or Vicious, I guess, probably. Um, Brit Marling co-wrote the script with the director. It all claims to be uh, a dream that uh, the dream that the director had about he had this dream and or nightmare about being bound together his hands being bound and he was being led down a dark hallway wearing all like a white outfit and he doesn't know why and so what they did was they utilized that as as a as writing exercises between the two of them and within like a few months they had a script they would just bounce ideas and you know start working on a script together uh she wrote the role of her character Maggie with obviously her in mind to play it. Maggie is the leader of said cults that claims to be from the future. And these, they, it says two documentarians, but the two characters, the uh, Christopher Denham's character, Peter is actually like a grade school teacher, like during the day, like his, so being a documentary filmmaker is like a hobby, like 
podcasting would be for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, just his would be more expensive, I think. And then his girlfriend, Lorna, uh, that's kind of her thing is just working on this project. Because I don't think it ever actually talks about what she does during the day. But he's a teacher. So what they did was they basically tried to get into the cult so they can then document. They don't actually, it never shows them filming anything. <laughs> and this is 2011. So, you know, podcasting was around, but not really as mainstream as it is now. Right. So, <laughs> but they're talking about doing a documentary about it. Well, how are you going to do a documentary if you're not filming anything? Like they hadn't True. shot anything. They're not recording audio from it. You know, later on, they kind of start, but, I mean, bro, you kind of need to start that at the, at the jump. True. <laughs> so, anyways, they get involved. They get they get taken away in this van, or they meet at this house, pull into the garage. They get, uh, you know, they, they get uh, bound together, blindfolds, shoved into a van, taken to a different location, wind up in this this other house, go to this basement, change clothes, and do these white gowns. And then they are in this group, you know, of about 10 other people and wait for Maggie from the future to come and impart wisdom on them. Right. And they have, like, this secret, like, handshake cult thingy as part of the indoctrination. That's how you greet every single time. And then, yeah, just part of the indoctrination and, and ritual of just getting used to having to do things the same every single time you have to be dressed a certain way in this basement doesn't have any furniture whatsoever in this room there's a yeah. lamp on the floor there's a lamp on the floor and that's it wow everybody else sits. everybody sits on the floor that's it like even even maggie the cult leader sits on the floor she doesn't even sit up in a chair or anything like that you know because you would think you would at least do that so you have that feeling of power you know of right and over everybody but i guess I'm assuming the reason why they didn't do that is to have her on the ground with everybody else to show that she's just one of them. Okay. Would be my guess. So it, it shows the progression of indoctrination, more or less, of how they become more involved and they're actually starting to believe, or at least Peter's starting to believe more and more how, about this, that this is real, that, this, that she really is from the future. She can't explain why. One of the people in the cult basically questions it. Says, hey, you're from the future. Tell me something that's going to happen. Like, tell me something from the future that's already happened. Okay. She goes, well, and she did a good job. Like, her rationale on explaining this. I'm like, you know what? That's pretty smart. She says, well, why would you want me to tell you something that happens even just four years in the future and then have to have you wait to prove me wrong? I was like, yeah, that's actually not. I mean, that's. I mean, that's just as plausible as Marty McFly, you know, having to answer the question from Doc Brown. You know, it's like, well, if you're from the future, who's the president? <laughs> Ronald Reagan, <laughs> the actor. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know. Ah, uh, Doc, who's the president of 2020? Well, we don't know yet. <laughs> oh yeah, still working on it. Efforting, efforting, still buffering. Still buffering. Right. <laughs> it's processing. Yeah, it's a process. Uh, but no, they did a good job of trying to show 
Well, okay, maybe she is from the future. I mean, maybe she yeah. is. Um, she's, she's playing chess. Oh, bro. She, <laughs> she's great. And the acting is... So it's a very independent film. It's very... I don't want to say it's low budget, but it's it's done well. And I actually did... En- you know, I enjoyed watching the slow burn of it all. Yeah. Um, the lighting is very... Like, it's... The lighting in the basement, which, by the way, is not a real basement because it's L.A. And L.A. apparently... Los Angeles apparently doesn't have basements. So they had to actually film the exterior of the house and the the main level of the house one place, and then they had to actually rent out a warehouse and build a basement essentially. Wow! Set. They had to build a set of a basement, so that, which means there are steps that come down that they had to build, so that it shows that it's a basement. And then these they lead nowhere when you go up. Yeah, <laughs> just so, that's cool. Yeah, so it's pretty. I thought that was. I was like, yeah, I guess they maybe I guess they don't. Probably earthquakes and stuff. Would probably be a reason why they don't have basements. I don't know. Um, so we uh, so they uh, got a little off track and lost my train of thought. Um, what they did was they so they are in this do- indoctrination and everything. He's and it still shows him trying to teach at school and how he's kind of becoming more. I guess disengaged from his like from his co-workers at school kind of by himself and he's thinking about all these teachings and everything so they end up uh at one point towards the end maggie's wanting him she needs one of his students essentially she needs him to bring her one of his students okay teaches and he's like well why and her explanation is she's my mom Again, from the future, so yeah, yeah. She used to bring the female John Connor <laughs> to her. <laughs> um, so you know, since he's fully, you know, he's fully in on it, you know, he's he realizes it's kidnapping, but he also, uh, it's like, well, but it's her daughter because he fully believes that she's from the future, right? Um. His girlfriend, Lorna, is not on board, obviously. And so it goes through that, you know, trying to, her trying to explain to him that this is not cool. This is not okay. You cannot do this. This is kidnapping. Right. And it's like, well, it's not because I'm reunited. Anyways. The movie has a satisfying ending, I feel. It is a, like, again, it's a slow burn, but it, it is a good and fairly accurate account of how cults work. Um, how do I know that? No. Because um, I've seen two Nexium documentary series. Thank you very yeah. much. Humble brag. And one on, uh, and a couple other documentary series about cults and everything. And I've now, oh, brings, uh, and I'm currently listening to a, uh, audio book about the Jonestown massacre about one of the survivors. So, there you go. I'm getting my cult on. There you go. <laughs> Not trying to start my own or anything, but let me... But remind me to teach you a handshake, though. That <laughs> 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 um, would help us. <clears throat> but no, I really found this movie interesting. Uh, the lighting is very warm. Uh, that's where I was getting at with the basement part. Um, they did the lighting to very warm, kind of warm hues, I guess you could say, to make it seem very inviting. And yeah. whereas everything else is not like that, you can only get that there. So you only feel like you're welcome, you know, you're 
you're loved or, you know, warm kind of feel secure there. So they did a good job trying to portray that. And I really, yeah, I enjoyed it. it is it going to be forever? No. Um, it won't, but it's, it, uh, I really enjoyed it though. And if you like, if you like the OA, go back and watch this. You'll like this one too, because similar. Um, and yeah, so Sound of My Voice from 2011. Really enjoyed it. Watching it for the first time and possibly again. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm not from the future. The, the time, <laughs> timelines. I need my knows? future self to go back and see if my past self has watched this. If not, I need to indoctrinate him into watching it. <laughs> and be on the ball a bit better next time. Um, and then lastly, uh, for me, for our family movie night, we watched Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Um, you had said you had started it, but realized it was a musical and then... Well, I, well, I, was, I was reading on it, or people were posting about it, uh, so I was like, eh, it's going to take some prep time to for that for me. <laughs> like, the, I think the only musical I've finished... Did you watch this movie? No. Like, the... Um, Last musical I watched was um, the greatest show with um, Hugh Jackman. I think that's the last one I watched. That yeah. had had that kind of musical theme to it. No, the last musical you watched was Cats. See, I'm trying to forget that. <laughs> <laughs> but the last movie that I willingly watched. <laughs> I'm not letting you do it. Um, but yeah, so Jingle Jangle was was very cute i really enjoyed it um not really sure if uh not sure if the kids like oddly enough um so grayson liked it grayson wanted to watch polar express which god help me i hate that movie i don't hate it i just really dislike it i think it's i don't think it's a good movie i think it's creepy at times i don't rephrase i think it's creepy at a lot of times and I don't think, in general, it's a good movie. Leave it as a book. Nonetheless, Grace wanted to watch it. We vetoed it. We watched it the next day, and I couldn't wait for it to be over. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, Ruth suggested we watch this one. This is one she wanted to watch, and so we watched it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's about an imaginary world that comes to life in a holiday tale of an eccentric toy maker his adventurous granddaughter, and a magical invention that has the power to change their lives forever. Directed by, written and directed by David E. Talbert, who um, also did uh, Almost Christmas from 2016, Baggage Claim, and... Uh, that's the one most people are in. Uh, stars... Forrest Whitaker as Geronicus Jangle, Keegan-Michael Key as Gustafson, Hugh Bonneville as Mrs. Mr. Delacroix, and let's see, Annika Noni-Rose as Jessica, Madeline Mills as Journey, Felicia Rashad as Grandmother Journey, Ricky Martin, yes, that Ricky Martin, wow, as Don out. Juan Diego, Where'd they find him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, they found him shaking his bonbon. Ah. 
Set him up, I knock him down, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so it starts out as a young, a young uh, Geronicus has his own kind of toy store. It's basically a Tony store. Okay. That would be Geronicus's toy store. Um, it's a period piece of sorts. It's definitely I. While we were watching this, I told Ruth, I go, they're really, uh, they're really going for that best costume design for for the Academy Awards, huh? Because I mean, the beautiful costumes, beautiful decoration is not bad, but um, but the costumes, yeah, it, it, it'd be in the running. I'm not, I'm feel fairly certain on it. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's cute. It's a cute movie. Yes, there's musical numbers. Yes, there's dancing and singing. So I got Grayson on board with that. She yep. immediately got up, started dancing. I'm like, start, started dancing in front of York. I go, Grayson, you're in York's way. Don't dance over there. Stay over the other way. Yeah. So, um, kind of watched most of it. He kind of was on his playing games on his phone, um, which was fine. At least he was out with us doing it, and he yeah. liked parts of it. Um, he actually has a really good review that I'm going to record in. Uh, I'm gonna record and then add on to the end of the uh, of the episode. Um, it's kind of a tag, but uh, he, yeah, he has his own thoughts, which is great because I know he's actually giving me thoughts on movies. I think, yeah, good or no. Um, yeah. So I can't wait uh, for him to record that. And then, uh, but it was cute. It, you know, it's uh, it's different, which I like. It's not your common. It's not, it takes place around Christmas time, but it's not. It says a Christmas journey. It could have been said. It could have literally been any other time of the year. Yeah. And the plot would still work because it's about someone stealing his invention ideas, and then him finding love, him reconnecting with his daughter, him connecting, you know, connecting with his granddaughter, and then trying to essentially like get his mojo back more or less become an inventor and person and then getting back at the person that stole his his invention ideas so redemption and all that yeah so it it uh it's cute i think everybody should watch it it's a cute family movie the musical numbers are are actually enjoy the musical numbers um it's modern you know it's modern it's got uh some good dancing on it in it both (laughs) on it and in it um yeah i think it's super cute uh, i enjoyed it it did get slow at times but it it's but you have to at some point right chill. um i can see part of some families like every year they watch this i can see them becoming a thing so but no I, I i did enjoy it it was cute it's not one i'd want to watch all the time but it's I can see Grayson probably starting to watch this more, or watching it again. Yeah. You know, singing in the dancing. So. But yeah, that's all I got uh, on that. Um, Keegan Michael Key did actually play a really good um, villain in this. You know, he kind of he didn't go like super like Jim Carrey over the top, but mm-hmm. you know he had fun. You could tell he had fun with it though. Okay. So. You could tell he had fun with it. And that's, you know, but he wasn't, I wasn't going, all right, 
this is a bit much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. some sometimes when when uh, comedians do comedians do kind of more family style movies, they try and just bring you know be a little bit too over the top, and then it's not fun anymore. It's a bit much. Yeah. He didn't. He thankfully kind of didn't do too much of that, so I was I was happy. He kept it pretty balanced. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, oh my god, this is stop already. Just stop. Yeah. Um. All right. So trailers coming up. We have. Let's see here. Trying to find it. Oh. We have chaos walking. Which sounds like a uh, independent comic book. <laughs> <laughs> Coming next, chaos walking. Now, um, uh, it's a dystopian world where there are no women, and all living creatures can hear each other's thoughts in a stream of images, words, and sounds called noise. It's weird. I have a feeling this is what I think. This is what Republicans think. The Green New Deal is going to be. Think so. <laughs> <laughs> Except it'll be all instead of no women, it'll be all women. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm funny sometimes. Anyways, um, huge cast though, starring uh, Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, Nick Jonas, David Oyelowo. Um, Cynthia Erivo. And let's see if there's anybody else. Like it's got a big cast. Directed by Doug Lyman, who I like. Uh he's he directed uh Swingers that he produced Edge of Tomorrow, produced Born Identity. So yeah. Executive produced suits. So yeah, he's uh yeah, I like Doug Lyman. So that is set to release January twenty second. Don't ask me where. <laughs> it's not listed. So they're assuming, I guess, theaters. So we'll I guess we'll see. Um and next is we got we found finally have a new family movie or kids movie. We have Godmothered coming to Disney Plus. A young and unskilled fairy godmother that ventures out on her own to prove her worth by tracking down a young girl whose request for help was ignored. Uh, directed by Sharon McGuire, starring Iowa Fisher, one of my favorites, Jillian Bell, uh, Santiago Cabrera, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, June Squibb, Jane Curtin, and uh yeah yeah it looks cute and i i i love Jen, i love julian uh julian bill so that is godmother disney plus uh sorry comes out december 4th so just a couple weeks yeah shoot next week damn um See, One Night in Miami comes out uh, January 15th to Amazon Prime. 
It's about One Night in Miami. It's a fictional account of one incredible night where icons Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown gathered discussing their roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval of the 1960s. So, sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, starring, starring Kingsley Ben Adir as Malcolm X, Eli Gorey as Cassius Clay, our boy Aldous Hodge as Jim Brown, and Wesley Odom Jr. as, as uh, Sam Cooke. And then Lance Reddick as Kareem X. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael Imperioli is in it. Lawrence Gilliard Jr. from Simply Irresistible. See? And and The Waterboy. I'll find a way to make all these movies come come around. There's, there's and, a connection uh, in everything. <laughs> so that looks interesting. Again, that's January 15th on Amazon Prime. And then finally, um, we have Pieces of a Woman, which has been getting a lot of buzz for the um, around the festivals. It is uh, coming to Netflix January 7th. The grieving woman embarks on an emotional journey after the loss of her baby. Which So it's going to be an uplifting comedy. Um, <laughs> also, known, also known as a hard movie to watch. Yeah. Uh, starring Vanessa Kirby, who we know from, uh, I believe it's Hobbs and Shaw, play the sister. Yeah. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, which we know from Even Stevens. No other movie. No other credits. Nothing else matters. <laughs> no other credits. Uh, Wisted. <laughs> uh, Ellen Burstyn. Oh, one of my favorite comedians, Eliza Schlesinger, who we've seen. Saw at Zany's. God, what was that four years ago? It's been a minute. Um, anyways, love her. Always check... Please go check out her stuff on Netflix. It's awesome. Um, Benny Safdie, Sarah Snook from Succession, if anybody's watching that. Um, Molly Parker. And looks like that's it on credits. Uh, again, January 7th on Netflix for your, if you're feeling even, need to feel even more depressed. Apparently, I will watch it because I like. I like the actors, plus I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch Simply Irresistible afterwards. <laughs> there you go. That'd be a good palate cleanser. There you go. So, yeah, man, that's uh, that's what I got for us. You got anything uh, coming up? Mm, no. Just the turkey day? Turkey day, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I think that's all I got, too. Yeah. Oh. Uh, my sister's birthday is actually on Turkey Day also. Boom. Turns, there you go. 35. Yep. Look at that. All right. Well, yep. happy birthday to your sister. Sir. Well, we'll have a, a giant feast in her honor. There you go. Maybe not. <laughs> okay. We'll have a, we'll have a modest one. I mean, modest right? one. Ain't going to be no giant. This house. It'll be, a modest, it'll be a modest one. Yeah. But, all right. Well, to all of our listeners, friends, family, strangers <laughs> we want to wish you guys everybody a happy thanksgiving um be smart stay apart is that <laughs> is that the new slogan i don't know um i hope everybody has a good thanksgiving um 
no matter how you celebrate, just uh, take yeah. time to think, be thankful for what you got and what we got ahead. So, um, yeah, that's all I got, man. Yep, gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> Hunger Games was, like, I liked, <laughs> I liked how, like, all the camera angles and everything. Okay. Jingle Jangle, like, at the beginning, it was a little bit loving, and I was like, okay. And in the middle, it was a little bit lovey, but then, it, like, half of it's just about the guy being depressed. Okay. And then, towards the end, it's, like, it just goes full sappy lovey. Full sappy lovey, huh? Okay, what'd you think of the music? It was okay, I guess. Okay. Uh, did you like the dancing? Not really, because Not really. I didn't pay attention to the Cause dancing. Because you, your sister was too busy dancing in front of you? Yep. Okay. Um, so Hunger Games, other than the camera angles, um, that you said that you enjoyed how it was shot, um, what'd you think of the actual story? It was very good. I liked it. Okay. Um, do you think you're going to want to watch the other three? Probably, yeah. Okay. Do you have a favorite character yet? No. Okay. It's too early to tell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have any recommendations of movies that you think people should watch that you've seen lately? Mm-mm. Like... I don't have any recommendations because those are the only two things that I've seen lately. Okay. Um, we still had to finish Fate of the Furious. Yep. Okay. So far, do you have a favorite one, a favorite movie? Nope. Between five, six, seven, or eight? Mm-mm. No? To be determined? Yeah. Okay. Well, stay tuned for that. 